Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. But tonight uh, is a special night. You know, when you have an opportunity to watch somebody develop and grow in the Lord, and then they come to this place where you realize that uh, they realize that God wants to use them. And then you see that and you have the privilege of uh, being a part of that and watching it develop. So, Cody, come on up. You all give it up for Cody. Now, now it's his first time speaking, so it might take a minute for him to settle in, you know, because I remember my first time. He'll definitely do better than that. But, you know, for me, watching him grow up. Oh, you don't know, do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Cody's been with me for a long time. And this is part of our building project right here. And he was serving then. And, and so over the years, we've watched him, you know, grow and be stubborn and hard-headed and make dumb mistakes and do all those things. But, you know, the Lord, he knows what he's doing, right? So, uh, you know, you guys help him tonight. Give him a few amens, Cody. Give Thank us a word, brother. Thank you, Sam. Well, it's an honor to be here tonight, to be able to stand before y'all and share with the Lord what's on my heart tonight. I hope that I can uh, share something good for you guys tonight. Thanks for making me cry a little bit before I come up here on stage. Um, but tonight I am excited to be here to be able to share what the Lord has for me. Um, obviously, it's called It's in the Dirt, and we're going to unpack that a little bit tonight. Sorry, I'm probably chugging a lot of water tonight, so bear with me with that. Uh, but when he first told me that I was speaking tonight, I uh, wasn't asked, wasn't really given any kind of, hey, do you want to do this? Do you, are, you, are you prepared for it? He said, you got March 9th? And he kind of walked away. I'm like, my gosh. Everything, everything on me got tight. Let's just say that. I had a, almost had a bowel movement here in the, in, the, uh, in the room. But I am honored to be here tonight. I'm thankful that he has put trust in me to have his mic tonight because I know it's not easy to do. So thank you for that. If you ever have spoken to me or my mom for five minutes, you know that if we uh, don't say it with our mouths, our faces surely will say something. So I'm going to try to speak what the Lord has for us tonight and not my own words. Uh, so tonight I'm going to be speaking out of Mark. Uh, it's the parable of the sower. I know, I know we have all heard it before. It's going to be something we've all heard, but I hope tonight that we can look into this a little bit deeper. And I hope that we can look into things maybe from a different perspective tonight. Uh, whenever I first, is that me? All right, buddy. When I first was told to speak, you know, obviously I'm nervous. I'm scared to come up here because, I mean, Lord, to come up here in front of everybody like this is kind of a big deal. But the Lord kept reminding me of two different things. Judges 6 with Gideon and Matthew 3 with Jesus being baptized. Those two stories, you look at Gideon. He hasn't, hasn't done anything yet for the Lord, really. He's just threshing wheat. He's scared. He don't know what to do. But the Lord comes to him and says, you are a mighty man of valor. And he establishes his identity of who he is in God before he did anything at all for him. And then same with Jesus. When you look at Matthew chapter 3 and 4, before he's ever tempted, before he ever does anything, God says, you are my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. Before he ever did his first miracle, before he ever did anything, supernatural, his identity was established in God before he ever took his first steps toward his miracles, toward all that kind of stuff. So the Lord kept bringing that to my, to my memory of, you know, your identity in me is established, it is good, it is perfect, and 
you just bring what you have to me, and I'll, make, and I'll do the rest. So tonight, it ain't going to be me speaking. It's going to be him. It's going to have to be him because I'm not sure what I can bring to you other than what he has for you. So tonight, let's start off in Mark chapter 3, or sorry, chapter 4, verses 3. This is out of the Amplified. It's Jesus speaking. He says, Listen, a sower went out to sow seed, and as he was sowing, some seed fell by the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocks where there was not much soil, and immediately a plant sprang up because the soil had no depth. And when the sun came up, the plant was scorched, and because it had no root, it dried up and withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil. And as the plants grew and increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 times as much as had been sown. And he said, who, he who has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. Let's pray tonight and get in this. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word tonight, God, that it is forever settled, that it is established. We thank you for good ground tonight, God, to be sold into. We thank you for the privilege to come into your presence tonight, God. We love you, and we, in your son's name, amen. So tonight, when we're talking about Mark here, I want to look at this in kind of two different ways when we're considering this. I want to look at it as, you know, this can be four different kinds of people when you come into this. And, you know, when I was younger, that's really kind of how I thought about that. You know, this was four different kinds of people. You're one of the four, and that's it. But the more that I, the older I've gotten, older I've gotten, older I've gotten, the more that I've been able to see deeper. I am getting older. I used to think I was a kid, but now I'm pushing 30. And I don't feel like a, I don't feel like a kid so much anymore these days. Um, it's crazy how you get older. You get out of bed hurting. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> but also, I want to look on a deeper level, it's really, it's really four different responses to the Word of God. And, you know, you have four different kinds of ground, four types of people, four different conditions of your heart. I know we can find areas of our lives where we can accept God's promises, we accept His Word with open heart, with no problems, like salvation. We can all, for the most part in this room, agree that we're going to heaven. We, are, we believe it. We spoke it. There's no denying that. We have that promise from God. And then there's areas where we struggle to believe that what God has said is truth, you know, like with healing, with being prosperous, especially in today's world where you got prices through the roof. And I pastor was talking the other day about how gas was 450 up in, <laughs> up in Kentucky. I'm like, oh my gosh. He said, you think 450 shakes God? <laughs> I look at my church and I said, it shakes me a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, Lord have mercy, 450 a gallon. But today I got gas. I said, thank you, Lord, I, I, I can pay for this gas and I can afford this gas today. You know, in my own life, you know, I find these conditions of my heart and various truths and promises from God. You know, look, there's things that I can say, thank you, Lord, I understand that. There are things that I don't understand about the Bible, and that's okay, because the other day I was asking a question to Jack, and he goes, I don't know the answer to that one, son. He goes, keep on searching. <laughs> so, you know, this biblical truth is just displayed every single week that we come in these doors. Seed is scattered in a corporate setting here every Sunday, every Wednesday. All kinds of people come, in and come into these doors and see the scattered when the word is spoken. It's also at work in our lives all the time, things that we watch, things that we listen to, things that we do, things that we give place to in our lives, sow seeds into our lives on a more individual basis. You know, how we act around our friends, the things that we do and we say around them, sows, sows seeds into their lives as well. So we really got to be careful with how we portray ourselves and the things that we say and do around them because it's important. Proverbs 18.21 tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And to me, it's crazy that God gives us the power to speak death 
and to speak life. Like when you think about it, you know, like, for example, this has had nothing to do with speaking, but like, you know, if you give somebody your keys to your car or your house and you go away for a little while, you want them to come, to come, you want to come back to a house that's still clean and neat and taken care of, not destroyed, not burned down the ground. But God said, you know what, I'm going to give you guys power to speak life and to speak death. I think that's crazy that we get that kind of authority and that kind of power, which obviously you can't say you're dead and somebody dies. But just time after time of hearing things, hearing the word, hearing anything in your life. Uh, there's an experiment I read about a while ago. I think his name was Dr. Emoto or something like that. You should look at it. It's called the, the, the rice experiment. He took three different jars of rice. One of them, he wrote on there, thank you. One he wrote on there, I think he said, you idiot. And one of them, he didn't have on there anything at all. And he spoke good things to the one. He would speak bad things to the, to the one. And he spoke nothing to the one. One, one, one. Anyways, after that, I think it was a month he did it. And after that, you should go look at the, the results of the rice. It's crazy. The one that was pleasantly spoken to was fermenting. It had a nice, pleasant smell to it. The one that was spoken death to was not. It was blackened, nasty. And the one that was ignored was just rotten. So the words that we speak, if rice can respond to how we speak, so can your body, so can your spirit. So uh, this next scripture here, when I first read it, kind of hit me a little bit because it's, it's, it's a little rough sometimes. I mean, when you think about how your words react, it says in 12:18 in Proverbs in the NIV, it says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings health. And you know, I know for me in, in my life, I've been on both sides of this. I've spoken words of, that were reckless and I've been spoken words of, of words that were reckless to me. And you know, as we've been speaking, speaking about on, on the weekends here, that your words have power with them. They carry power. And you can tear somebody up with them, tear somebody up. You can build somebody up with them or tear them down. Yeah. And, you know, we've got to be careful when we open our mouths around people, even over our own lives too, but especially around people, man, because words carry so much force with them. You know, every time you open your mouth, death or life is coming out of it. Seeds are being sown all the time. And, you know, Satan understands the power and the importance of Romans 1.16, that when the gospel is shared, when it's spoken over somebody's life, it can literally be life-changing. The problem is, most of the time, we don't really take into account the power that the gospel can have in somebody's life, or you know, maybe we do understand that, and we just don't care enough to look a little foolish to share to what God has placed for somebody's life. And I'm just going to read this real quick out of Romans 1.16, because I think it's important, because I know we often we get caught up in just what it says about, you know, Paul says, I have, I have, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, and we all read that, and we're like, yes, Paul, that's awesome. And we, and we quote that and we say that, but there's more to it than just that. It says, for the gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And it says it's for everyone who believes. If you can speak a word to somebody, it may take days, months, years for that to really take place and take root. But Paul said, I planted somebody, somebody waters, planted waters. And eventually you get a little something out of it. You know, the Word of God is alive and it is active, and I think it's important that we understand that there is power when the gospel is spoken. <clears throat> so we need to be speaking seeds of life over people, and not only over other people too, but also in our own lives. Because your life today, your current harvest, if you will, is the product of the seeds that you've sown in the past with your words, with your thoughts, with your actions, and what you speak today, the things that you do today, will become your future harvest. I know after years of youth camp, I'm pretty sure we heard this every year. Show me your three friends who are closest to you, and I'll show you your future. 
because who you spend your time with, the things that you do, the things that you spend your time, spend your time doing is important and does have an effect on who you are. Obviously, we are in this room today because somebody sowed seeds into our lives at some point. You know, we have many promises from God in the book. You know, I was just reading the other day in, De- in Deuteronomy, and it wasn't even like the, the big promises. It's just about, you know, I'm, I'm, I am the Lord your God, and I'm going to take you into the land. I'm gonna have, you're going to have bread without scarcity, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, man, that is awesome. You know, you got people today worry about, you know, what, what are we going to eat? You know, we ain't got, got nobody driving trucks. What are we going to eat? Stores are empty. What are we going to eat? The Bible says you're going to have bread without, without scarcity. You're going to have food, olive oil. You're going to have milk, honey, running on them. And I think it's important that we, we take the promises that are in this book and we sow them into our lives. The problem is, you know, we don't want to take the time to plan them. You know, we want to take the gospel. We want to take the word. We want to separate it all out. We want to believe what we want to believe. We want to ignore what we want to ignore. And then when we do that, we place God in a box. We place him on, we put him in limitations on what he can do in our lives. You know, I believe that there's, that, there's a lot of stuff in this book that I don't understand, trust me. There's a lot to it. But I do know that if you believe it, it will eventually come to pass. You know, it's easy for us to believe that God loves us, left to save us. That's an easy thing, thing to believe. But it's hard sometimes for, for to believe that, you know, he is the God that will meet all of our needs according to his riches. And I don't know about you, but I know God's wealthy. I mean, you look at what he's made here. I mean, my man's got, got some wealth to, to establish, which I mean, Pastor does. He, he doesn't have a counter in heaven shooting out money for us. It's already here. Everything that we need is here. And it's, it's important tonight to know that whenever you step out in faith, that God can do something for your life. You know, like whatever you tried to do, whatever you tried to, to sit out faith and do and failed, it's okay. Sometimes, sometimes we're right here, and it's okay. You know, there is no, the gospel cannot be separated out. It is all inclusive the same way and the same faith that you got born again with is the same faith and the same way that you receive and conceive the promises that are found in this book. And they've been placed inside your heart. And we'll, we'll get more into that part here in a little bit. Uh, but you, you have to activate the ground to produce by putting seed in your heart. Like when you put a seed in the ground, for real, it takes time to produce. It produces out of the ground. I'm going to get back into this tonight a little bit out of Mark. We're going to get back into the explanation a little bit of this. Because I think it's important that we have explanation from the Lord of what his word means. Starting in verse 13 here, it says, And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And I, I really like how this is put over in Luke's gospel better. In chapter 8, he says, The parable is this. The, the seed is the word of God. Now, so that tells me one thing. In this book right here, although it's a seed, it can still be planted into your life. It can still be producing miracles in your life. But it's not going to be an instantaneous process ever. You know, there's times that I wish God was like that. And I'm not saying that God can't produce miracles that are instantaneous. But at some point in somebody's life, somebody has taken the time to produce that seed and to put that seed in life. If, if you're healed like that, that means that somebody has taken the time to put in the effort to sow that seed and to receive that miracle for you. Um, back in the verse 15 here, it says, And these are the ones by the wayside, where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately 
and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And, and Mark's version here, I think it kind of gives the, the devil a little bit, it almost sounds like it gives the devil too much, too much power. Matthew's version gives a little bit better of an explanation of what's going on here in his uh, gospel. In chapter 13, it says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. So the devil can't come and just take seed out of your life. He can't come when he wants to and just hope to God that you come to church one day and seed sown, he can come take it. He has no power to do that unless you give him that power. It's when, you, it's when you don't understand the word and then you don't care enough to go home and to put time into it or to ask somebody about it who you, who you find that might not know the answer. Like Jack is a good example. I go to Jackson House for questions, pastor for questions, because they've been spending a lot more time in the, in the Bible than I have. They've had some, some years to put on, to put the word into their heart. Un- understanding is critical when it comes to the things of God. You know, if you don't understand, spend enough time in the word of God that it can be revealed to you. And, and ask God. I mean, you look here, I didn't put this in here, but if you go back up to verse 10 here, it says, but when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. So even they're like, even they didn't understand everything that Jesus says all the time. They had to go ask him. And you know what he did? He told them what it meant. So there's times when you can ask God, say, God, I don't know, I do not understand this. And it, it may not come like that to you like it was here because we don't have the luxury of being able to walk with him hand in hand, like they did. But he still will, will reveal his word to you if you put the time in to, to do it. Again, you know, Satan has no real power here. It's only the power that you allow him to have. And I'm going back in here to verse 16. It says, These likewise are the one sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. And when I was reading this in uh, the version app, it's very handy to read the version app sometimes because I, I prefer to read it out, out of the book just because for me, I may not know where it's all at. I may not have it all memorized, but I know it looks like this on this certain page in this certain area, and I can go back and I, and I can find it in the book. version is handy at times, though. And I was reading through the Amplified Version, and they had, they had a little footnote that said this. It said that in many parts of Israel, a layer of limestone lies an inch or so beneath the surface of the ground. This layer traps the moisture, and for a brief period of time, a plant growing there may, be, may appear to flourish. But as soon as the dry spell comes, the moisture quickly dissipates due to the layer of limestone. The plant cannot sink roots and soon withers and dies. And at first, I'm like, what does that got to do with anything? I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I get it. Yeah, it's geologically, you know, that's how the ground looks there, but... But when I started to think about it, I'm like, God, what does that mean? That there's this, that, the, that people put this, like, that there's limestone in the ground. Like, what's that got to do with, with the Bible? For me, I believe that this can represent the, the walls and boxes that people place God in. They allow the God, they allow him only so much room. And when trials come, the root that they allow the word of God is not sufficient enough to survive. And you can see that time and time again. I mean, it's crazy that people have come and gone. I mean, I feel like anymore, I don't hardly know anybody here because that's probably my fault. You know, I get in my habit of coming, talking to my same people every week, and then before you know it, it's time to go. It's time to go home and eat. So that's probably my fault too, but it's crazy the people who started with us. I mean, back in that picture there, the people who, I mean, the people who have come through these doors and have gone, it's, it's amazing, really. But that's because they, they've only allowed the Word of God so much room in their lives. 
And when hard times come, they just give up. Or they, you know, it's just years later, you go, come to you, oh, why? Something, you know, just, well, life just happened, you know. We, and there's not that, con- that consistent feeding of the word in their lives. And I know for me, you know, there's times when, you know, especially previously, I think I've, I've definitely been better in the past few years, but there for a while, the word of God wasn't, just, wasn't nearly as important as it is to me right now. Because there for a while, you know, it was more of a chore for, for me there for a while. Because when I was growing up, you know, obviously my parents knew stuff then, but they know a lot more now. But then they, they told us that we had to read the Bible. You know, it was, we had to read it every day for at least 10 minutes or so. And back then, to me, it was just a chore. It was just, I gotta read my Bible for 15 minutes a day, or I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm not gonna be able to do whatever I wanna do, which I'm not saying they weren't like, you gotta do it or you're not gonna live in the house. Like, it wasn't like anything like that, but. But close, yeah. But they did, they, would, they want us to do this because they, they understood that when you put the word in, it comes back out. As you can tell, here I am today. I'm not saying that I'm all that, but pretty close, pretty close. No, I'm. Nowhere near all that. But in all that, today, I can do it because I want to. And I was talking to Pastor today. I said, I don't understand, or I used to not understand why God, like, let people choose how they live their lives. Like, why, did God, why does God let people go to hell for? Like, and then it's, it's the idea of being forced to do something that makes people push away. Like, when I had to do it, it was a chore. You know, when you're forced to be around somebody, it's not nearly as fun as when you choose to be around somebody. And it's crazy to me that God, God will allow you to have free will like that, to have the ability to choose how you, how you live life again. You can choose life or death. And it's crazy to me that we have that ability to do that. But thank God that we do, because I'm glad today that I have the free will to be able to sit down with the Word of God and let it reveal itself to me today. You know, in this next part here in verse 18, is. I know a lot of us are here today. It says this, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And I know I've lived here a lot. Because, you know, you worry about your job, you worry about making money, you worry about having a family, you worry about all these things. And... And it may not even be that. It may just be, well, I kind of want to watch TV today instead of reading my Bible. I, I, I kind of just want to sit, sit in bed or lay in bed instead of getting up and reading my Bible. Like, that's me today. today? I didn't want to get out of bed today. I don't want to get out of bed most days and get up and read my Bible, but I try to. I, I try to get up and, re- and, re- and read my Word because I know that the day sometimes is not going to be very fun. But if I have the Word to stand on, it's at least a little bit better. People can come in and get on your nerves, but knowing that God has your back, it's pretty cool. And you can read story after story of the Bible where God is with you all the time. But you have to spend time with them. It's important to spend time in your Word of God, or in the Word of God. You know, when you, when you think about the cares of the world, any, any more, like the, the desires of the world, I just don't really care about anymore. You know, when I was younger, I used to care about UK basketball. I used to care about all these things. And I'm like, I don't even watch them anymore. I don't, I, don't, I don't care about that stuff anymore. It's just, to me, it's not important anymore to, do, to listen to that stuff, you know, to, to watch the news, to spend time on. I do still spend some time on Facebook and things like that, but all that stuff, at the end of the day, does not really matter. At the end of the day, I'm not going to say, man, I wish I would watch more of The Office. And let me tell you, I have watched a lot of The Office. 
I, I can probably quote the office better than I can quote the Bible. And I'm sad to say that, but it is probably be true because I have spent a lot of time watching the office. And now I can quote it. But what, what, what does that get to me at the end of the day? You know, the cares of the world, the things that, the desires for other things, the, the desire for anything but God chokes the word of God out and it becomes unfruitful in your life. You know, I know for many of us, we spend too much time contemplating the problem and trying to figure out how we're going to provide for our families, how we're going to handle life's hard situations. And time after time in this book, God said, if you just follow after me, I'll take care of all your needs. All your needs. You know, there, there's a song out right now called The Water is Wild by Elevation Worship. It just came out the other day. Unfortunately, we won't have it playing it here because that song, that, that song has to be cranked to 10 and Pastor don't like it past 5, so... Two, yeah. Derek said it has to be on two for it to be in here. But it said this in the song. It said, stop looking for the evidence and start living in the promises. And then it was going to say, start living in the promises like you know who your father is. I'm like, man, that's awesome. Which the song is like, you know, thumping and pumping. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was listening to it on my home. It, it, it's an exciting song, but when you think about it, you start, stop looking for the evidence and just start believing who your father is. Like, it's crazy the stuff that you can think about in a song that the Lord would just say, I got you, man. You know, seek first the kingdom and all the stuff is added to you, which I know, trust me, it's, it's easy to say. It is, not, it is not easy to do, though, but it is simple. It may not be easy, but it is simple. Just put the word in and eventually it produces. It, you may be living right here right now, and, the, and again, that's okay, but eventually it's going to grow into something more. It could be 30. 60 or 100 fold. And then let's get into verse 20 here. But these are the ones so on good ground. Say, I am good ground. That was not very good, Pastor. I might have to work on that. Those are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30 fold, some 60, and some 100. And, you know, each of these seeds, in each case, was the same seed. It was consistent throughout. There wasn't one seed that was better. One seed that was bigger, stronger, smarter, they were all the same seed. It was consistent throughout. The issue was with the condition of the ground. Same thing with this word here. This word is perfect in everything it says. I know there's times we don't understand it, and that's okay. That's why Paul prayed that the eyes of our understanding would be opened, that we would be able to know the hope of his calling and things like that. You know, there's nothing wrong with the seed, but of the condition of the soil. Just like there's nothing wrong with this word, the issue is the condition of our hearts. You know, when seed is sown, for example, at church here, the same seed is scattered and spoken, but the receptiveness of the heart of the people is what's different. You know, every, every single week for we in here, pastors just throwing seed out, hoping that somebody will take it, because if they don't take it, you know, that's on them. But it's important that we come in here with an open heart and an open mind to be able to receive God. You should come here expecting to receive something from God. If you don't, you may get a little something, but the, the more you come in here thinking, God, I'm going to get something today, the more you're going to receive, the more you're going to have a ground that's cultivated to receive from the Lord. You know, um, again, the hearts of the people is what, is what causes things to be different. You know, that is partially why some people get saved and some people don't. Why some, some, why some people receive healing and some don't, and why some people are prosperous and some aren't. You know, there's no blaming God for a lack of harvest if you have not invested the time and effort into his kingdom and into his 
promises, which obviously you can't blame God anyways. Even if you spent 100 years with the Lord, you still can't blame God for that. But obviously there's probably something more there than just your time in the Word. But uh, last year, about this time, I went out, out to, to Karis Bible College. I got to experience that a little bit, and it was pretty awesome. But of all the things that, that was spoken there, one thing has set with me for all this time, and it wasn't even from one of the main guys. It was from a breakout session that they had about the how to, how to, prepare, how to prepare financially for cares. Because I don't know about y'all, but when God asked me to do something, he always asked me to check my account first before I go out there and make sure I, I got enough money to make sure. <laughs> so here I am in this class trying to figure out how to prepare for cares if I was to go out there and how to handle my money. And of course, he's just talking about, you know, make sure you know your budget, where your money goes. A little bit about, you know, extra income if you need that kind of thing, like just side gigs and things like that. But he was also talking about how to prepare for it in preparing your budget, preparing to come out here, things like that. And he said this, and it, for me, it stuck out to me for all this time. He says, you cannot expect a miracle for a stewardship issue. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. Because I don't know my job, but I am good at making a budget. I'm good at it. I can make one any day of the week. I'm not good, however, at following through on that budget all the time. <laughs> Especially right now when I got preparing for a wedding here soon, preparing for a honeymoon here soon. I'm just spending money like you cannot believe. But expecting a miracle for an issue that is a stewardship issue, it's kind of hard to do. You know, like, for example, and not that this is of works that, you know, they should boast, but when we were younger, our parents would say, hey, if you want 20 bucks, go wash a car. Because they needed the car washed, and we were in the house probably just getting on, getting on the nerves. So they said... <laughs> If you go wash the cars, we'll give you 20 bucks. If I didn't go out and wash the car, I didn't get 20 bucks. If I, if I went out and washed half the car, I didn't get 20 bucks. And so whenever we put in the work and the time, that we receive the reward. You know, when you put the time in, when you, whenever you, and, and this can be applied to more than just money. I'm talking about this can be applied to your time, your talents, all that stuff. But stewardship is important to be able to handle your money, to handle your time. Like John talked about a few weeks ago, but how much time we spend on social media. And I know I'm guilty of that. I don't know about y'all, but I, was, I can spend some time on Facebook. And not so much Facebook, that's for old people, right? Oh. Instagram is where it's at, all those reels. I, I don't get on TikTok, though, because that's just, that's just a time waster. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I call it, TikTok? I and mean, that clock just goes TikTok the more you watch it. It's crazy, it's crazy just how you can just flip for hours. Isn't that, isn't that nuts? It's crazy. But then we spend time in the world, like, man, it's only been five minutes. It's crazy. But the more, the more that I spend time in the world, the more I'm like, man, it's already been an hour. Oh, my gosh. I got to go to work already? Like, I'm just going to quit and believe God for a little while. Just kidding. Don't quit your job. The Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. So, anyways, back to, the, back to the word here a little bit. You know, Jesus tells us that, you know, okay, hold on. Let me go back a little bit. You know, we all hear the same thing when we come in these words. Come in these, come in. We all hear the same words spoken, but not everyone receives the truth that comes with it. You know, Jesus said, it is the truth that you know that sets you free. You get to know what the word says. And actually, I'm going to back up here a little bit. I'm going to read this real quick to you guys. Because if you back up a little bit here, it starts off by saying, if, if you abide in my word and are my disciples indeed, you shall know the truth and it shall make you free. If you don't know the truth, it's not going to set you free. You know, but then I'm thinking, well, people come in here and they hear the word. How, how can they not know it? They just heard it. But I was looking into this a little bit. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what this means. I need you to explain it to me. You know what? He gave me a little something. So this is what it says. Or this is what it says. 
The word know here in the Greek, and I'm, I'm not a Greek scholar, but this is the word genosko. And it has a few different meanings, but the one that I like here, it says to know, understand, perceive, have knowledge of. So you get to understand. Again, it's important to understand. It also means to, to learn to know, come to know, get a knowledge of, to perceive and feel, to become known. And I, this one here kind of got me a little bit when I first read this. I'm like, man, what are you talking about? It said, it said that it was a Jewish idiom for sexual relations between a man and a woman. But, you know, the more I, I, looked, I, looked, I looked into it, this is the same word that Mary used when she was speaking to the angel and said, How's, how, how can these things be seen? I don't, I, don't, I don't know a man. Well, obviously, she knew Joseph. She knew, her, she knew her father. She knew men. But she had never known Joseph in that, in that way, in the intimate kind of way. The kind of knowing that this word needs is intimate. The kind of knowing for any kind of relationship that you have. I mean, it's intimate. If you want that kind of deep, deepness from it, there's time that has to be sewn into that. You know, I know from, from Mom and Derek, they spend time together all the time. The, the, way, that, the way they are now is different than the, way, than the way they were 10 years ago or even a year ago. It's much deeper now because they've spent the time with one another. <laughs> you know, this is also used to describe the relationship of the son and the father and John. I'm going to read this too because this, this is good. It says it in verse 14 here. It says... I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. I think that's awesome, because you know Jesus and God were close, obviously. Father and Son, but Jesus spent time. There was multiple times when Jesus went, you boys stay here, I'm going to go up here and spend time with my Father by myself and invest my time with him. You know, watching through the chosen. He goes, you got to stay here, I'm going to go. And they're going, where are you going? So he said, seeking you shall find. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. But, I mean, over and over and over again in this book, you see, if you seek for me with your whole heart, if you really look for me, you find me. It's not like it's a game. He's not playing hide go seek with you guys. It's not like that. It's saying, if you really want to know me, to know me, you can find me in the Word. It's also down here in verse, uh, John 10, 27. He says this. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So this, this kind of knowing here, it describes a lot of things, but it, it describes mostly a knowing that is intimate. It takes time to develop and pressing in to discover a deeper revelation of who the Lord is in your life. You know, it comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and sowing that seed day after day. You know, Romans 10, 10 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you know, and when I, I, I put this, I, I sent this over to Derek one day, and he said, it's really good, but just so you know, you should probably say this too. He had, he had a little bit to my notes, so thank you for that, for adding to my notes. He said that hearing is an, is an active process. It's not a one-time thing that you hear the word and you get it. Like Pastor says all the time, you can't just hear it one time and get it. You, you, you may hear it a hundred times and still not get it, but that's okay. Hearing is an active process. We don't stop hearing. You know, James does say, don't be hearers only, but to be doers. He didn't say quit hearing. He just said, keep hearing, but step up your doing. Step up your commitment to the Lord. And then, let's see here. I'm going to read a little bit more out of Mark, but first, 
I'm going to share this here with you. When you take the word, take these truths, and you sow it into your heart, it begins to produce on its own. I mean, yes, you have to put the effort into reading the word, but it does it all by itself. I'm going to go over here to Mark real quick and read this for you guys, because when I read this, I thought it was freaking awesome. I probably shouldn't say freaking from the stage, but that, that's okay. This word is awesome. Again, he, he, he gave me the mic, so I'm going to say what I want to say, I guess. It had to be from God. I told him I wasn't speaking tonight. So. so anyways, Mark chapter 4, verse 26 says this, and he said, the kingdom of God is as a man should sow seed. I know y'all have never heard that before. I know you don't, you don't ever hear that coming from pastor's mouth ever. But the kingdom of God is as a man should sow seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head. I forgot the full grain in the head. But when the, harvest, or but when the grain ripens merely, he puts a sickle in because the harvest has come. And the, the King James, I think, says it best here in verse 28 when it says that the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. And I think that there is so cool how it uses the, the, the feminine for earth, that God's, that God's word was the seed that impregnated the earth to produce all these props. I'm going to read a little bit too out of Genesis here and just, just a little bit to, to show you all some cool things because I know I've read a bunch of stuff or I've read this, you know, especially like John says, you know, I've read Genesis every year just about. I've, this year I've, I've done good. I've gotten through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and now I'm in Deuteronomy. It's crazy what you can do if you just take a little bit of time every day to get through it. And let me tell you, I don't like reading the Old Testament sometimes. Genesis is really cool. I love Genesis. Exodus is really awesome for the first half. And the last half is just, it gets a little bit more mundane. It's the same thing over again and over again. But then Leviticus, my Lord. You spend some time in there. You may, you may never understand that book. I don't even know how anybody can understand that book. But anyways, in this scripture here, you can compare your heart to the earth. And you know, like, like, like when, you, when, you, when you take a seed, like, a, like a, an acorn, you cut it open, you know, there is no tiny oak tree in an acorn. You know, you don't put it in the ground and the seed splits and the acorn shoots out of the ground, or I mean, an oak tree shoots out of the ground. The seed starts the process when it is placed in the ground, and somehow, we don't know how, the earth produces an oak tree. You can't get an oak tree out of an apple seed. You can't get an apple seed, or you can't get an apple tree out of an acorn. It doesn't happen. But the same is with your heart when you spend time in the Word so on these seeds, your heart will begin to produce fruit in your life on its own. We don't know how. The Bible says he, 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 he didn't know how. He just goes to bed and wakes up. And there's a plant. There's a crop. It's crazy. You just got to spend time in the Word, and, and God will do the rest. It's unbelievable when you think about it. We don't have to put any effort in outside of just spending time with God. Just reading His Word, listening to sermons, listening to people talking about God. And everything else is just easy peasy. Uh, let's see here. I heard this the other day. I thought it was really cool. Uh, it was from Andrew Womack. who was talking about it a little bit. He said that you can't count how many seeds are in an apple. But you can't, sorry, you can count the seeds are in an apple. But you can't count how many apples come from one of those seeds. When you put the, the, the word in, and especially when you sow it into, other, into somebody else's life, you have no idea the impact that that could have on somebody's life. Their, their friends, their family. Who knows what's going to happen when you sow a little word into somebody's life. 
They, they could be spending here, they, they could be here at 12, 12, 12 years old, and next thing you know, they're preaching at 27. Crazy, huh? Who, I, I would never thought in a million years I'd be up here speaking in front of you guys. I, I think it's time that, that we come down off, off the mountain a little bit. I, I, I know for me that the Lord is saying it's time to come off the mountain a little bit and to be with the people, to go out there, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. It's time to, to stop singing kumbaya, you know, like Pastor says all the time. It's important for us to come down. It is important for us to be with the Lord on the mountain, but also to come down with the people. Not that we're on some pedestal or some great people, but we are God's people, and we need to come down with the other people and bring them up with us. <clears throat> you know, everything that you see today above ground was at one point in the ground. It's crazy to think about that everything comes from the ground. You know, in, in Genesis, the earth brought forth everything. You know, it, before, in, in my mind, I thought that, you know, God said, lift, lift up your trees and trees came out. But that's actually not what the Word of God says. If you actually spend time to read it, it's crazy what the Lord will reveal to you. So I'm going to hop over here. Ain't that something, huh? It's, it's, it's like you wrote a book about it or something. So in Genesis 1 here, I'm going to show you some scriptures here just real quick. In verse 11, it says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seeds, and the fruit, that, that fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass. The earth brought forth grass. God, God's word went into the ground, and the earth produced the crops, produced the trees, all that stuff. Hop down to verse 20 here. And it says, let God, and then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and the birds fly above the earth across the face of the earth. The oceans brought forth the living creatures that were on the sea and the birds of the air. And over here in 24, it said, let, let the earth bring forth the living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And to me, it, it's crazy to me that, that out, of the, out of the ground, animals came up out of the ground. But then you look up here and say that we came out of the ground. You know, I've, I've heard it said before by one pastor that we're just a, a, a bunch of dirt bags walking around because we came out of the dirt. Crazy. And in chapter 2 of Genesis, in verse 7 here, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And in verse 9 here, the last one, it said, out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. That's crazy that the ground just produces stuff on its own. And he put the seed in it to reproduce on its own. God today is not, is not producing any more trees. He's not producing any more humans. He's not producing any more dogs, cats, anything. He's already, he did this way back in the beginning. And he said, you guys can produce all on your own. And then, and then he said to take this word and put it in you, and I'll show you things you've never seen before in your life. I pray, I'm going to start seeing some things happen. That it's time for us to start seeing the God of the Bible. For us to start seeing people come in by the hundreds to be healed. You know, when you, when you read the Bible about, you know, Peter just walking by people, you know, I want people to, 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 to want to, to know where I'm at so I can walk by them so that way they can be healed. Isn't that crazy that that can happen? And that wasn't even Jesus. That was Peter. Who, who before that was saying, no, I don't, I don't know God. I don't, I don't know Jesus. I don't know him. No, I, I'm not one of his disciples. 
And then he's walking by people when they're getting healed. I think, we've got to spend some more time on the Word. That's where the issue is at. Seeds have to be placed in conditions that are suitable for them to grow. If you take a seed and you throw it up here on the stage, it'll sit up here forever because it's not going to produce anything because there's no ground for it to be produced out of. You know, people want God to do a magic trick. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. I've got to wrap this up. I thought it was going to be a half-hour sermon tonight. Sorry, you guys. Not bad. I thought I was going to get you out of here early tonight. Woo! Lord, i got to speed up a little bit. Yeah, this is a series. Come back from part two next week. But people want God to do a magic trick. You know, they want to see something happen. You want to know where it happens? It's in the dirt. And it is magic. It's, we can't explain it. You know, I, know, I know science can explain what happens and how it grows. And, but the why or how... Oh, my Lord. I mean, it's crazy you put a seed in the ground and watch what happens. It's amazing. You know, I think about the things that were made were made of things that were un- unseen. We hear that all the time. The things that were made were made of, of the unseen. You, you, want to know that, you, you want to know what else is unseen? Your words are unseen. The things that you say that come out of your mouth, we can't see your words unless it's goat outside, which it is tonight. But, but your words can still produce spiritual miracles. You know, how did you become born again? You believed and you spoke that Jesus is the Christ. And here we are today, all going to heaven. You know, we are new in him, and we have new dirt. You know, before, the things, the things of the Bible, Paul says that they are foolishness to the natural man, that they don't make sense to them. But when you become born again, you have a new heart, you have new dirt. And when you put it in, it just begins, begins to draw out of your heart. First Peter, First Peter 1 Peter 1.20 says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. This word is incorruptible. When you put it into somebody's life, the things that can happen from that, I mean, who knows what's going to happen from that. In order to be, to be born again, something had to be conceived in your heart, just like a physical birth. Seed was sown, conception happened, and you were born, and you were the harvest of that seed sown. Same thing with your spiritual birth. Something has to be conceived in your heart for that to take place. And, you know, and this, this can be applied to a lot of different things. Um, on, a, on a different note, you know, when you, when, you, when you need something, you know, start sewing stuff. You know, I was reading a book by T- Terry Savelle Foy, and it's called Pep Talk. If you've never read it, you should listen to it or read it. It's very big on the power of, of your words, the power of positive affirmation, things like that. Things that speaking things as though they aren't, as though they are, like God says we should do. But anyways, she was saying that there was a time in her life when her and her husband were trying to get a house, and they needed like $48,000 to get this house as a down payment. And at the time, they had $1,000 to their name to put toward the house. And she, she was asking her dad what to do and all this kind of stuff, and her dad obviously is Jerry, is Jerry Savelle, but he said this. He said, you may not have what you need, but you are never without the seed that will produce it. The things that you can do, you know, if you need money, sow money. If, you know, if you, want, if you want friends, be friendly. You know, if you need forgiveness, forgive those who have done you wrong. It all comes, it's all full circle. If you, if you need something, you already have a seed that will produce it. You just got to put it in the ground and watch it grow. And the things you need are inside of you. It's in the dirt. Seeds are what activate the dirt. And I'm going to finish up with this. Look at that. I'm good. Right on the money. I think that we, we benefit from seeing a bit of ourselves in all the four of the soils that we talked about today. You know, like, like the wayside, 
Sometimes we allow no room for the word at all in our lives. Like the ground that's rocking, sometimes we have moments of enthusiasm in receiving the word that can, can quickly dry up. Like the ground that's thorning, sometimes we let the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches, we let them just constantly come in and threaten to choke out what God has, has said in our lives, what the word of God says. Like the good ground, say, I am good ground. That's pretty close. That was, that was still kind of bad. Though. Like the good ground, we allow the word of God to, to penetrate our hearts and produce fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. And, you know, there's times that I wish that I was like Peter, that I, could, that I could just walk by somebody and be healed, or, you know, I can walk by somebody and say, hey, I ain't got, I got no money, but what I do have, I, I give to you, and, and see that happen. But it don't come by wishing. It don't come by, you know, it, it only comes one way. And, you know, like I said, I, I wish I was a lot further along in my walk with God, but here I am today doing what I can, doing the Word, putting the Word in my heart. You know, you, you may not be where you want to be today, but you are right where God knew you would be. So start from today. Start putting the Word in your life. Watch it produce. See what God can do in your life. It's crazy the things that God can do when you put His Word in. And when you do it, if, if you do it God's way, that, that's the key to that, is you've got to do it God's way. So we'll pray and get you out of here. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word, my God, that it will go into our hearts and it will produce a fruit, a crop that is 30, 60, and 100 fold. What was sown, Lord, we thank you for your word, God, that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.